Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The Q&A episode is still a couple of weeks away, so if you've got some burning cues that you'd really like me to A, then you can either email them to me at hello at probablytruepodcast.com or post them in the Probably True Facebook page group thing or tweet me at unlikelylad. Also, if you're feeling overburdened with cash and you'd like to support this series, patreon.com slash probably true is still a thing. Just saying. You're listening to the award-winning Probably True. Please be aware that this podcast may contain strong language and adult themes. It would be boring otherwise. I love hearing people tell me stories partly because there's a possibility I might steal it, pretend it was my own and turn into a podcast. But also, I love hearing the way people change things just a little bit, just subtly, to make them more central to the plot. Or they had a bit more charisma and charm to themselves, well, not to themselves, to their character in this new story that's actually slightly fictional. Of course, sometimes you go the other way and you can make yourself into more of a victim of circumstances, removing any bits of personal responsibility that you don't want to have to admit to. It's tempting to do that with all the stories I tell, to be honest. Who wouldn't want to play God and make themselves the charming, witty hero who always has the right comeback? And sometimes I'm tempted to do that. Or maybe push things the other way if it makes a joke funnier. I don't mind being even more awkward and weird than I already am. I do my best not to, though. After all, this is probably true. Not everyone look how amazing I am all the time because I'm so awesome. Let me tell you a story about how awesome I am. I used to know people like that, actually. Wankers. They were the kind of people who'd be like, Oh, I hear there's a new bar open. Oh, we should go and make it cool. Yeah, let's go. Anyway, usually what I tell you is true, or at least it's very close to. You know, I might have had a funnier response to a story after thinking about it days later in the shower when I'm replaying the scene for the 50th time or whatever. Something hilarious pops into my head, and then that's the official version. And I decide if I ever tell that story, that's how it's going to have gone down. Real life leaves a lot unsaid, where in stories you can give yourself the courage to tell people what you really think in ways that are wittier and funnier or more devastating than, you know, you would normally. Like the guy who's been pestering me for a shag after we met in the gym. He saw me in there and messaged me on Grinder saying that he really wanted to shag me. But I was away on holiday or something, so I messaged him when I got back. And he sent me a couple of the smuggest, most wanky messages about how he was seeing someone now who was a complete prince, and he hoped he'd never have to message me again. But I shouldn't take that the wrong way. And I replied saying that I understood, and I'm really pleased for him, and even if I wouldn't have phrased it like that, I hope it all works out. Only later on, when I was telling someone else about this, did it occur to me to have said something like, I hope your prince treats you well because you could have had a king. Or, I hope he gives you terminal herpes. Or something like that. You know, a bit more wittier comeback. And that's the guy who broke up with me because he didn't like my penis but still wanted to be friends. And I just sent him the little cry laughing emoji and then blocked his number. And then later after I'd talked to people about this, 
I was tempted to unblock him and explain how not wanting to be in a relationship with me was fine. It wasn't. Because I hadn't got that emotionally invested. I had. But he didn't seem to mind my penis at the time. And how dare he use my body as an excuse to cover up his emotional damage and intimacy issues and stuff. But I didn't. I just left him blocked. As long as I don't ever get drunk with my phone in my hand and think of him, everything will be absolutely fine. So yeah, it's it's easy to rewrite things and fit the story better, but I do my best not to, especially here. You know, it's it's really easy to exaggerate things or, or change the way things played out. You know, I'm I'm not great at making friends. I can be social and stuff and generally chatty, but that's not the same. And there was this new guy at work last year. Nice guy. Bit of a dick in that straight guy way, but he was a he was alright. He was buff. Like proper buff. And handsome too, in a scruffy, surfery sort of a way. I wasn't the only one who thought he was hot. All the gays in the office had a bit of a flutter and a bit of a oof as he walked past, and you could tell some of the girls in the office were just frothing at the loins just thinking about him as well. He wasn't that tall, but he was very broad and had massive shoulders, and I used to take the piss and say it looked like he'd been squashed to kind of play down the fact that I fancied him. You know, proper grown-up stuff. (laughs) And I'm tempted to tell you that we really hit it off and we became great mates, but we never actually really clicked. He seemed cool, but I never put that much effort into getting to know him because I was busy with work and he was so straight. And there was time for that later, when I wasn't so busy. And I always find it gets a bit weird when I try and befriend straight guys who are really hot because I don't know how to behave around them because I always feel like I'm secretly trying to seduce them even when I'm not. So we didn't talk much. And, you know, I could barely bring myself to look him in the eye. I looked at the rest of him, though. By Christ, I look at the rest of him. We'd chat a bit occasionally if I found myself in the kitchen making tea at the same time as him or something. It was mostly about work, or I'd ask him for gym tips because he was so buff. You know, just so we had something to talk about while I avoided eye contact and fiddled with my tea bag and generally tried to think of another question to ask him while he was answering my last one so we'd be able to talk for longer, you know. This went on for a few months, and, you know, my crush faded a bit, and he was just another guy at work. It seemed pretty cool. And then at Christmas, I asked what his plans were for the holidays, and he mentioned that his contract was ending, so he was going to take some time off to chill out and that. And I hid my disappointment that he wouldn't be back in the office for a while behind a shrug and stuttered through something about how I was sure we'd need him again before too long and I'd probably see him in the new year anyway and blah blah blah. With it being near Christmas, there were glasses of wine at the end of the day and we'd all had a few and as I was getting ready to head out, I saw him getting into the lift with his coat on. He was already rolling his first cigarette for when he got outside. On an impulse, I dived into the lift with him before the doors closed. All right, mate, he said, taking his deep blue eyes off his roly for a second and smiling that cheeky smile that made my knees wobble. I said, yeah, all right. And then, thanks to the desk wine, I just kind of vomited words at him. Just saying how he seemed cool, but we'd never really spoken that much and I hope we could hang out outside of work sometime and maybe get stoned or something because he seemed cool and how it was my birthday soon and I was going to have a big party at my house and he should come along because I was going to invite some people from work anyway and it would be great if he was there and on and on. And to start with... Like with vomiting, I tried to hold it back. But then after I realised that this was all going to happen and there was no way of me stopping it, I just kind of mentally shrugged and went with it and let it all just kind of like, bleh. There was a pause, you know, the word-based equivalent of him picking bits of carrot out of his ear. He chucked a scraggly bit of shaggy blonde surfer hair behind his ear and he turned those beautiful blue eyes on me again. Someone's had a bit too much to drink, he laughed, before continuing to roll his cigarette. Nice, though. Is that how you're going to tell people it went? Well, this is your story, man. You can tell it like this, if you like. That way, when you hear that I died suddenly in February, you'll have something uplifting to say about the last time we spoke. It's almost as if 
by telling this story, you get to rewrite history a little bit, give yourself a bit of closure and a nice little parable about us being mates and stuff. You talked and you said what was on your mind, you know, as well as helping process your grief. All right, I said, Jesus, if you're going to be imaginary, you could at least be naked. He didn't respond to that, but then he couldn't because everything he'd said was true. I wasn't in the lift talking to him at Christmas. I was here talking to you in March and he's been dead a month already. So I can't tell you how good it feels to get it all out there and say the things that you're afraid to say or you think you probably shouldn't yet, but one day you might. I can't tell you how great it feels to live your life like that because I don't know. Instead, all I can do is tell you how shitty it feels to have all those things left to say and no one to say them to. This was Probably True, the award-winning storytelling series written and produced by me, the award-winning Scott Flashheart. If you liked what you've heard, you could share it with your friends, leave a positive iTunes review, and sign up at probablytruepodcast.com. If you didn't like it, you can find me on Twitter as UnlikelyLad. Come at me, bro. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.